0: If you had the
1: chance, would you change the world?
0: Welcome. I am your host, Ebony Gustav, and this is Cooperative Journal, where I interview mutual aid initiatives and cooperatives from around the world who are creating alternatives to our current economic system. Altropo Lab is a cooperative dedicated to training and raising awareness about the impacts of the fashion industry and the promotion of consumer alternatives. They advocate for recycling, textile reuse, and transformative consumption from a creative approach through their courses, workshops, and events around circular fashion. In this episode, I speak with worker owner Zaloa Basaldua about how Altropo Lab is shifting the narrative from fashion consumption to reconstruction. Learn about how they are providing a platform to rethink and reconnect to the entire fashion supply chain, their store model for giving a new life to clothing, tips for upcycling and preserving clothing, how they are collaborating with other co-ops to divert clothing waste, and more resources to empower others to be environmentally and socially conscious clothing consumers. Hello, Zaloa. Welcome to the podcast. As someone who studied and worked in fashion, I know firsthand the amount of waste that's produced and how it's marketed to make people feel like they need to buy more to keep up with the latest trends. And I know Altropo Lab is combating these issues by offering tools on how to rethink and reuse fashion. So can you please share what Altropo Lab is and the mission behind it?
1: We are a little cooperative uh, with a social initiative, uh, like a non-profit uh, cooperative, and our mission is to uh, prevent and to make people rethink about the, all the, um, as you said, the issues, all the impacts that has the government industry. Uh, Both in social and environmental uh, areas, and to rethink our way to consume clothes and offer alternatives. Like, um, think why are we buying so much? Why are we going on shopping as an uh, alternative to be doing other things that we could be doing? Not only if we need clothes, and uh, to rethink other ways that we can get. Clothes that are more sustainable, that are more uh, related with our way to see how the world is going right now.
0: Maybe you can touch on how Altropo Lab developed. Yeah.
1: So we started uh, like ten years ago, more or less, in a moment that uh, Natalia and myself, the founders of the cooperative, uh, decided that we wanted to change a little bit our uh, our work. Area. I was working in show business, I was touring in the US for a couple of years and I decided that I wanted to stop and to uh, be more connected with uh, my lifestyle. I started to buy uh, organic food, participating in these kind of groups that contact uh, directly with the producer. and. Uh, we were th- we started to think that with food there were already alternatives to make it more sustainable, but this was not happening with other uh, thing that is also essential for us, that is clothing. Uh, there was uh, at that point there were no, the, it, we couldn't listen that much to this uh, bio or this uh, ethical clothing. Or that nowadays you can listen it uh, a lot, but not. Ten years ago, and we asked uh, our friends and relatives to give us uh, all the clothes that they had in their closets that they were not using. And uh, uh, our grandmother, Natalia and myself are uh, cousins, and our grandmother led us to use a room in her place. And in a couple of weeks, we have the room full of clothes. Uh, literally full of clothes, and we were overwhelmed, we were like, oh my god, Uh, we don't have that, we we have our friends and family and but it's not that much people and (laughs) we had a mountain. So we started to look at these clothes and uh, look where they were from, which materials uh, were made with and uh, We realized a few things. Most of the clothes that we were buying were produced in countries that are really far away from ours. Most of them were made in cotton mixed with other fibers. And most of them were in really good conditions, were almost new. Some of them even came with the labels from the shops, like uh, they were not used even once and with all this we got more questions like why are we buying things or why are we producing things so far away? Uh, Is cotton a good fiber? Is it sustainable as uh, we may think? It's better than others, yes, but maybe it's not as good and pretty much why are we buying things that we are not going to use or we are going to use just a couple of times? What uh, What are we doing when we are going shopping? What is, uh, what is the thing that moves us to go and shop? So we started to research, to check in the internet and there's amount of things written already of how it's not sustainable, how cotton has a very bad uh, impacts, like it uh, needs a lot of water, uh, it's produced normally in countries that don 't have that much water, so it's uh, making big big uh, places with water to get it dry i'm not expressing very well, sorry, but I think that you may get a, the idea <laughs> and um, uh, that was with the question what 's going on with the people that is making our clothes? Who are these people? Uh, in which conditions are they uh, making these clothes and we also had the answers in the internet and most of the things we thought that we knew this we we knew that the people that is by making our clothes is not well paid or they are in almost slavery conditions but when we see all the picture like not environmentally not socially it's not answering to our needs we thought that we need to make something with all this that we have and we have to share it and we have to share it in a way that don't make people guilty i mean i think that sometimes we feel guilty like oh my god i have so much things in my closet i need to throw everything away i need to burn it and start buying organic no you already have what you need maybe we need to think the other ways to uh, wear that clothes and other th- ways to connect with my clothes, and um, because clothing is not only something that we use to uh, protect from cold or from uh, the hot. When it's too hot, we need it. It's something that we also need to communicate. Uh, it also says many things from us. Or it's not just uh, something that we need to wear. We. To, to protect us. It's also something that is, uh, shows us to the world. No? <laughs> so uh, making this, all these mix, we started to uh, make our little products like uh, workshops, your courses, or events to show people that there's people already working on this. And there's creative ways that we can make an
0: alternative that was so perfect because and i also like how you connected it to food like when you started being more conscious about your food and connecting to that because i think what it comes down to is disconnect people are disconnected from the supply chain of where they get their food and where they get their clothes and they're very intertwined because i mean those are two of our basic needs that we need to be met um So when we think about who's growing the fibers that we are putting on our bodies, like you said, how are they being treated? Um, And even like monocultures of cotton, that's not sustainable for the earth, the same way monocultures of vegetables are not sustainable. Um, And it also comes down to psychology. The way we consume food is usually... um, A lot of times it's emotional and it can be the same way for clothing. When we're not feeling well, we'll go shopping to fill that void. Um, So I'm curious to know what kind of um, workshops you create to empower people to move from reflecting on the unsustainability of fashion and consumption um, towards action. Mm -hmm. We
1: uh, offer these, these workshops, there's uh, many different formats, but the one that we repeat uh, most is one where we have like two parts. In the first part, like it can be like a 24 hours, 30 hours uh, workshop and um, is three or four hours each session. So the first part of the session would be a part where we explain how the things are going. (laughs) Maybe one session we are talking about um, environmental impacts. We are talking about fibers. We will talk about uh, the social impacts on the people who is uh, clothing, who uh, who is uh, uh, making our clothes, who is growing, what's going on, who they are. And in other uh, sessions, we will talk about this thing. What makes us buy so many things? Why are we going shopping? Why do we receive this, uh, as you said, uh, question many times, like, not uh, not question, this uh, thing that says, uh, it's cheaper going shopping than going to the psychologist. I don't know if you will listen to this before, but uh, (laughs) yeah, but maybe you will get a bit um, more input if you go to the psychology, but that's a thing, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Um, And then we have another part where we connect people with the fabric, the needle, the thread, and uh, we we pretend to start sewing, to say, uh, you can make it. And if you don't want to make it, you need to understand what it means each seam of your clothes. Because each seam of your clothes has been sewn for, from so, for someone, someone has been doing that seam, and you will respect it more if you know how to make a seam. I don't, I don't mean that everyone is making their clothes and everyone is super crafty. No, maybe you don't need to, but once you have uh, practiced at least once, you can uh, respect that job better of course they will make it faster because they are professionals and you are not but uh, you will connect with your clothes and for us this connection i think you also said before this connection with the things that we are wearing and the people that is making and the um, products that they are using to make it is what will make us be more conscious and be part of the answer
0: yeah, I think it's so important to teach people the process of making clothes because people usually go towards fast fashion because it's cheap. And if they see something that's of better quality, maybe, but it costs more, they're like, oh, it's not worth it. I can get something that looks exactly like this at a cheaper fast fashion shop. Um, but it's like, okay. If you're paying $20 for a shirt and we're thinking again of the supply chain, think of how much money those people that created your clothing is making. Um, and even like the shipping costs and all of those things factor in. So they're making pennies on the dollar essentially. Um, so it's really important for people to learn those tangible tools and um, not only so they can recycle their clothing and make something new out of it, but also so that, yeah, they understand the labor that goes into it and not even to get into the conditions that these people mm. are into. I know that you guys also do some marathons. Can you explain what those are and how those are teaching people in the community yeah. as well? Uh, the Marathon is
1: an event that we make uh, every year around uh, April, uh, always uh, connected with the fashion revolution movement, uh, which uh, is commemorating uh, the uh, collapse of the Rana Plaza factory in Dhaka, Bangladesh in uh, 20, uh, Oh my God, I forgot it. 2013 I think. Um, So every year around the April 23rd, that is the date that it happened, Fashion Revolution organizes many events uh, all the world around and uh, we offer this uh, event in La Casa Encendida in Madrid uh, where we uh, want to aware about the situation but also to make something creative, to make people feel that there's an answer to. So we uh, organized this uh, big event around a big clothes mountain. We set a mountain of uh, waste clothes, and we invite designers to create clothes uh, in this event live, where people can come and see what, how the people is uh, making, how these designers are creating these pieces, uh, out of the clothes that are set in the in the mountain, we we set, and uh, uh, that's like the main activity. But we also make other things. That days we organize like uh, little workshops. We organize uh, a view or a documentary. Or each year we have different activities that we make. So we also uh, we both. Uh, like make this awareness um, practice, but we also show all the things that we uh, we can make, no? Uh, It's an event, this year has been the fifth, uh, our fifth anniversary, and as 2020 has been this crazy (laughs) year, we also need to change it, and we need to move it to November, and into this uh, online format, because normally it's a live format where people can be there, can touch the clothes, can be learning how to use a needle. Or we make this a uh, very nice—it's uh, a very nice part that, uh, of course, this year we couldn't make it. But we make it—we call it um, how to translate—knowledge like sharing table. So uh, people will come and say, "Okay, I know how to embroider and we'll make a little embroidery. And ah, tell me, how do you do this? And it's uh, people that, this is not organized. We just will make sure that we will have someone uh, all the time, just in case. But it's spontaneous. So I, I really like this uh, this table because it's all kinds of people, uh, really the young, old, women, men, everything. Like, so. That's uh, a spontaneous
0: uh, way to share knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I I see that in the marathons and in the um, more smaller group courses and workshops that you offer that you really hone in on theory and practice. So it's not just, oh, this... The fashion industry is unsustainable and it's degrading our land and it's not um, uplifting people that are working in it. Um, it's really extractive. You're giving people tools so they feel empowered. They don't feel powerless and hopeless and, like you said, guilty about it, but um, they're given tools. And we'll touch on those tools in a bit. Um, but I do also love the skill sharing table, I think that's awesome especially because it's just bringing people in the community closer together too and allowing them to share skills that they might not use in their daily life. Um, So how has the virtual format changed the um, trajectory of Altropo Lab? Mm, Yeah, this
1: has been a difficult year for us too because uh, we we really... um, we are really proud of our work that we make with groups like uh, also uh, like facilitating these groups not only giving uh, knowledge or sharing what we know but also connecting people and translate this into an online format has been a challenge for us and um, for example with uh, the, the marathon we made it Like the designers were at the set at La Casa Encendida, where we used to make it, but uh, also because of the COVID, we need to uh, ask them to bring their clothes from their places. We couldn't give them to them, at all this uh, social distance and everything. It was strange for us, (laughs) but they were there and. Uh, we were recording all the time what we were, what they were doing. We made some online workshops too, and uh, we made also an interview with uh, Ursula de Castro, founder of Fashion Revolution Movement, which also gave us this the opportunity to um, have a wider public because we could uh, uh, reach people that normally couldn't come to Madrid or. Not that time, but also you have materials that can be shared all the time, no? So I, I have to say that I prefer the life way, the way that we used to make it. But also we need to uh, accept that we, what we had, the reality we had. And I think it has been really interesting for us to was uh, like we need to change our minds and say okay we will have a screen on the time so how can we make people be part of this from their uh, laptops
0: (laughs) yeah I think that's one of the things um, that has been beneficial and a barrier of the pandemic is just like automatically having to switch to this virtual format but through that you're able to reach a wider audience um and maybe that's something that you guys can integrate like once a year or something now just so you can connect and collaborate with more people um but the marathon you're referring to is the textile recycling Mm -hmm. marathon right was that the one that just happened in November? you guys had some really cool designers that were participating can you highlight maybe one or two of the projects that were shown
1: yeah i have to say that every year is more and more difficult to make this uh, selection because uh, we made an open call and uh, we receive uh, many designers with their profiles we asked them a few questions and a few pictures or to see their work and we need to make the, we need to choose. It's, uh, it's not like, it's not a competition, but we need to choose because we don't have room for everybody. <laughs> so yeah, this year also we had like very, like uh, very high quality. And I would um, say like uh, Olmedam, it's Miguel Olmeda. This person was not uh, at the La Casa Encendida because he was living in Belgium and uh, because of the COVID he couldn't uh, travel to Madrid. So he was at the, at uh, his studio and he made this uh, coat, um, kind of uh, feather, These feather coats that have like, uh, you know, this uh, <laughs> down jacket. The down jacket. <laughs> uh, so ma- he made one of those felt of scraps of uh, fabric and the the outer the outer layer was uh, transparent, not all, oh, not super, but you could see what was inside. So uh, it was the scraps were made with different colored fabrics, so there were different colors in different places, and it was very very nice. He made a great job. He had someone helping like cutting all the scraps and making. So everything was. Like the filling the filling of the coat was also recycled, so this was very nice and the result was amazing. And uh, I will also like to talk about uh, ayaloik uh, This was these were two friends. It was the first time they were working together, and they present a work. Uh, with reminding boro and sashiko uh, Japanese techniques, uh, which was very interesting. The way that they they made this boro uh, with all these scraps to you know how can you make a, a new looking uh, fabric out of old clothes. You no, know? that was uh, interesting. Not looking doesn't need to look like upcycled. So it was like a whole thing, like a whole new thing. That was
0: interesting. Yeah, I think um, the last one was important to highlight because I think also when people think of like recycled or reused clothing, they don't think that it can look that nice, that it'll look like it is reused. Um, But I loved their outfit, their little Japanese patchwork outfit. I was like, where can I buy this? It was really, really nice. Um, What do they do with the clothing afterwards? Do they just keep it for um, their own personal things? Or do you guys keep the clothing?
1: No, it's uh, it's theirs. Uh, We normally show it uh, at La Casa Vida. We make like a little exhibition with uh, the works that uh, happened during the marathon. This year it was closed, so (laughs) there was no exhibition. But we show it in our networks.
0: Wow, it would be cool if maybe every three years or something you guys have a show of all of the clothes for the past few years. That would be awesome. Um, but that's even something you can do maybe in a virtual format too. Have the designers create some like little videos and you can do a compilation of it so people can see the history of what has been made during the marathons. So back to the tools that you give um, just people in the community I'm interested to know what are those tools that you offer to people to extend the life of their clothing instead of disposing or giving them away
1: in these uh, workshops we make we normally try uh, first to start with the knowledge that the group already has so what do you make at home to make to uh, make your clothes last longer. In the beginning, people say, no, no, I don't make anything. It's, no, no, how do you wash your clothes? Oh, no, I use like the, this uh, soap that is not, uh, has no, this kind of toxic... Ah, you're already doing something. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. You... <laughs> or I don't use this, um, like the wash machine in lower temperature. This is also something that you can make to make your clothes last longer. Um, I don't use a fabric softener. This is also something that is making your clothes last longer because the softeners are really bad for our clothes, are bad for the environment. So we are already doing things. And then someone says, oh, no, but I do this other. I have this other trick. We also give them things that we have uh, in our in our books. But normally, with the knowledge of the group, we already have lots of tools lots of things that you can make in your uh, daily in your daily faces. Uh, like you can you can you can do things it's not big things that you need to make you need you can repair a little hole before this make this goes bigger maybe if you are creative and you feel inspired in this hole you can make a little uh, butterfly I don't know, <laughs> but maybe you only can darn it and make as if it, uh, it wasn't there before it's bigger. Or if you have a stain, you can clean it quickly or you can wear your stain. <laughs> I mean, this, uh, um, this piece has a stain there for 10 years. It's, it's paint, it will never go, but I like it. Every time I go to my mom, she said, you still have that yeah it will not remove but i don't care I <laughs> <laughs> also accepting that uh, clothes doesn't don't need to look perfect all the time we don't need to look uh, like we were uh, yes, um, that we are using these clothes for the first time mm. I mean, I I like these uh, repairs. Also in the Japanese techniques of repairing that you can see the repair and it's like a value that you add because it's more history that your clothes has. Of course, there are some environments that you cannot make these. Uh, Not everybody can go to their jobs with uh, the arm here or with a patch or something, but Maybe if we start to uh, make this normal and it's not uh, something that we make because we can't afford to buy new clothes, it's something that we make because we believe that this clothes needs to last longer. Sorry if I go through other (laughs) paths.
0: (laughs) No, I think you said it um, with such fluidity. Um, And it... again reminds me of food like the way you eat on a daily basis is your preventative medicine so the way you treat your clothing on a daily basis what um types of things you're washing it with how you wash it all these things are preventative measures to take so that those clothes last longer um and yeah, I love the idea of adding character to clothing. It adds story to it. It um, adds identity to the clothing. To not have it look completely perfect, or to keep that stain on, just because you know it's a part of your clothing. It's a p- and your identity is a part of your clothing, or your clothing is a part of your identity. Um, and I. Also know that you guys are collaborating with RECU Madrid. Can you explain uh, what that partnership is and how that's also helping to combat um, fashion waste?
1: Uh, RECU Madrid is also a cooperative uh, that works uh, collecting clothes from the municipality from, from Madrid. Um, so you can understand the waste management in uh, madrid is uh, a disaster (laughs) it's not a waste management normally it's just we take this waste and we throw it away to other countries so um, it's big big companies normally who are managing the Clothes waste uh, in Madrid. But four years ago, there we had this uh, mayor with uh, more open-minded uh, political ideas and more social uh, uh, convincement or uh, who uh, said that uh, they were not, because, sorry, uh, because the way that there is a public, um, Oh, sorry. They make this um, contest, not a contest, but uh, where the one that pays more will get the contract for the the waste management of the clothing. So they can put all the containers and they have to pay for each container they put in the street. That's the way that works in Madrid. So big companies, they just put the containers, collect the clothes and sell them to other countries. So when this uh, major came, she uh, added also social uh, clausulas. Uh, shows they, they were not only going to value the price that the company was offering, but also what socially, what were they doing, a social project. So one of the packs is three packs, Madrid One of the packs was for Recomadrid, which is a company that works integrating people that normally has no opportunities to get jobs. So they make these uh, integration packs for them, uh, where they teach them um, the technical things of the work of the recycling, but also they are showing them other things that they need to get in the working market because it's people that normally has been out of the working market for a long time with other things other uh, problems associated to this. No? Just to make a real frame on <laughs> what uh, RECO Madrid is and uh, why are they in the, in the, in the municipality of, uh, of Madrid. We have been working with them since the since the beginning, they had this project that was smaller, and now with this contract with uh, with Madrid is is uh, much bigger. They are working with more people, and collecting tons and tons and tons and tons of uh, of clothes. They have a social project with the people that is working, but also with the clothes that they collect. They are working with um, social services to. Uh, Help people to get uh, clothes and they have many, many programs uh, to make this waste uh, management more sustainable too, and with this, all this social project uh, uh, around. And um, how we work is all the work, all the clothes that we collect and we don't need, we are going to share to uh, give them. And they will also give us clothes to make these mountains and all the stuff we need. We also make, um, like last, no, last, last year doesn't exist, two years ago, <laughs> uh, we made this um, workshop together um, where we were uh, analyzing, we were researching about these um, working opportunities in wage management. In, in clothing waste management. And we were like making this with uh, some women. That was an interesting uh, project. And what else? And now uh, that we have this um, place that we exchange clothes that we will be talking soon about, we also work with them close
0: uh, with Recomadrid Madrid. Yeah. So I think that's awesome that the government is incentivizing groups to, um, deal with clothing waste management and that they're also training people, um, who haven't been given job opportunities to do something more meaningful, um, I think is really awesome Since you already started talking about the permanent space that you guys have called the Exchanger, uh, can you explain how this works and maybe any other initiatives that you have created for starting a new life cycle for used clothing?
1: Nice. I I really like how it sounds in English, the Exchanger. (laughs) (laughs) It's an intercambiador for us, but when we read it in the your questions as an exchange, or maybe we need to translate this. it sounds more interesting <laughs> so this was an event we used to make once twice even three times a year uh, for the last few years where we gather people to exchange clothes so the each, per, uh, each person can bring five pieces of clothes uh, So this makes us choose between all the mountains we have in our closet. (laughs) So we need to choose five pieces to bring to the space and we will give you some points points, uh, for each piece. So it depends on if it's a t-shirt you will get one point, if it's a dress you will have five, it depends on the type of the um, of the clothes it's not, it doesn't matter if it's a super cool brand or if it's it will be just because if not we will uh, become crazy in this event we uh, gather around 300 people uh, in uh, one day for a really small company like ours it's it's a lot we <laughs> we've crazy every time we had this event we love it because we saw that every time we made it, more people will come and more uh, different kind of people, like, because the first times it was more ours, not our style, but our kind of people. I don't know if you can, <laughs> yeah. Um But every time we would make it, we will uh, receive different, um that we saw that the site the, the circle will be growing no that we will come people that we will never be in touch with in the city and that was really inspiring for us so last year we had this offer to make uh, this event uh, permanent in a space so we have a um, contract with a company that is a uh, uh, letting us using a um, space in a shopping mall um, and is uh, paying us for the, for running this, the shop. So we open it a few days uh, in the week and the system will be the same. You can bring five pieces every time and you will get this point. And with this point, you can take things from the, from the shop. This, uh, I, we think that it's interesting not to make people pay at this point for for this service. We are changing our mind right now because we are running out of money. <laughs> but uh, we think that um, in Spain, at least, for the it's, it's also changing this. But in the last years, second hand had not a very good, um, uh, people would not choose second hand. It was more, as I said before, with the repairs, uh, something that you would uh, choose because you couldn't afford new clothing. Nowadays, it's it's almost cheaper going to buy uh, first uh, brand new clothes than going to buy second hand (laughs) because it's pretty much the same price. But uh, for us, it was interesting that um everyone could afford it and everyone and um, people could see it as an alternative and people could see it as something cool that they could make the, I want to go to this space because it's a nice space because it's something interesting because I might find uh, something that i wouldn't i wouldn't find in a new shop or and then We will start talking about sustainability because sometimes uh, it happens with um, uh, people that we met that when we do say sustainability or you talk about uh, social rights of the people that is making our closer. Like no no no, I have enough problems in my daily basis. So please, no. We are making something cool. You want to be part of it and be. Part, being part of the solution, being part of the um, of the change of <laughs> our little spot in the world, uh, is something cool that you want to be part of. So, but I'm not making this to uh, help people or to. Um, I mean, it depends. We have many people that comes also uh, convinced that. It has to be this way and there's not other way to make things, but we want to reach the other people too.
0: Yeah, I think it's so important to have a space where the average person can go and feel like their needs are being met and then um, being given an alternative because, like you said, talking about all of the harmful effects of the fashion industry is not easy for someone to take in so um, giving them a space where their needs are met allows them to start to shift that perspective and start to think about the cycle of um, their clothing and I also think it's really cool that you guys are allowing the same value to be put on each piece of clothing because we have a shop that's similar in the states where you can buy sell and trade clothing but it feels very much like sometimes a pretentious fashion space because you go in with all your clothes some of them you think is really cool and you're like they're definitely gonna buy this because you have to you have to present them to these buyers and they're looking at it and they're like oh this isn't good enough we'll put that one to the side we're not going to give you any money for it or it has to be this certain brand to get more money and it it ends up being kind of this like weird elitist thing and then sometimes you leave feeling like dang I thought my clothes were really cool and they just rejected all of them (laughs) and then the money that they give you for it it might be I think it's like 30% or lower so you can get cash but then you can also get more money in store credit which I like so I've been using that to exchange my clothing but I think the idea of a point system is a lot better but I'm wondering how do you um, deal with quality control are you just allowing people to bring whatever they want as long as it looks like it's in good condition or how do you decide between Uh, that?
1: This this is important for us like the clothes need to be in very good conditions. I mean we don't accept clothes that are uh, with uh, holes or dirty or looking a little bit old. Something that I could use it for years and years I will not accept it uh, (laughs) in the in the shop because um, for us it's very important to remove this stigma of the second hand Um, because uh, still people sometimes come to the shop and the shop is super nice we put it like with little plants and very beautiful and we try to uh, keep it looking as a cool shop I mean (laughs) Because if not, people will get, like, ah. Uh, and uh, we re- we are really strict on this. Uh, but it needs to be in really good conditions. Hmm. It doesn't need to be, uh, like, organic or whatever, or uh, from any designer. No. But yeah, it needs to look, look uh it needs to look like the way I would love to find it. Or maybe I have to say, it has to look like the way my mother would love to find it because maybe I'm more (laughs) relaxed on this.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's really important to create a model of how a secondhand shop can look like that's not... Dusty or disorganized, and that's really just an enjoyable experience because I find myself very overwhelmed by thrift stores sometimes, and sometimes the smell and like all these things add to people creating the stigma that it is more lower class. But you can really find gems in a thrift store, and so I know that you guys. Also, sell some of the clothes that you create through the social market. So, can you explain what the social market is and how you guys participate in it?
1: The social market is a network uh, that works uh, in, uh, in Madrid. We have like our social network, uh, social market network, but it's also in different communities in, in Spain. It's like a there's like a the Spanish social market, but uh, each community organises its own uh, uh, social market because we believe that needs to be like a close like short distance. It needs to be more in the community, so that's why we try to make it. We of course can go to the social market from Aragon, and we will be connected, but. are going to focus on on Madrid this network will offer we are different companies that offer services and offer products so we have people that offers like the electricity from a company that is more respectful with environment with the people working there from electricity uh, your bank account your I mean there's it pretends to be something holistic that could take all the our needs of every day. It's not like this right now, but it's true that you can get most of the things that you need, like fruits, vegetables, clothes, cosmetics, um, books. <laughs> There's many, we are, a around 300 companies i think three seven oh. i don't know but we have many people <laughs> many companies but also uh this uh, is it's a cooperative too so the um, is the companies but also the buyers are connected so when we make this uh, every year we make this meeting we have also the buyers I mean, myself, I'm a buyer from this uh, network, but also I'm a producer, so I'm in both uh, parts. And every year we used to, also because of the pandemic and more things, we couldn't make it this year, but we make this fair where we show to the people what we are and we make this little um, fair where where we sell our products uh, as Altrapo, trapo, uh, our uh, backpacks and our little bags, or clothing that we could make, but uh, each company will sell their services or their products. Uh, we also um, have this uh, alternative coin called the uh, boniatos uh, in, in Madrid. Uh, which is the same has the same value of the euro but that um every time we buy in inside the network we get a little percentage of the of what we bought uh, as a saving in our boniatos account so we are making people from the network we are inside um we are incentivizing people to buy inside the network to
0: consume inside the network wow i wish there was a social market where i lived i think that is so brilliant because essentially it's a market where the businesses are doing work for the social greater good it's kind of like an alternative economies market so when you go in there, you don't have to think about, oh, was this sustainably harvested or made? Um, it's like everyone in there is does have the same shared value system. Wow, that is so cool. And the fact that there's over 300 businesses is awesome and that you guys have created your own alternative currency because that does keep the wealth circulating within the community. And yeah, and then getting that cash back on your coin too makes you um, think twice about using the euro over it. So that's really, really amazing.
1: Mm. It has been a quite a uh, long work of many people that has been uh, working in this uh, in the to create the network. But uh, as you said, uh, it gives the this warranty to the people. Every year, each of the companies, we fill um, formulas to see, uh, to to analyze in each of the aspects that um, are related to the social economy, uh, how are we this year, like uh, environmentally, what steps are we making, Uh, socially, equality, um, like diversity, like and so each year we make this exercise to ourselves to see are we improving or which is the path we need to follow or how can we be more in the (laughs) in the wave. And it's also a tool that we use uh, as transparency to people. Uh, I mean I I trust uh, everyone that is in the network, because to get in the network, you need to make um, an interview and they will ask you many things, but every year you will need to fill this um, uh, balance, we say balance, Uh, it's like this formula uh, and the workers of the company, in our case, we are the owners and the workers, but there's people that are Owners and workers, <laughs> and the workers will uh, approve this um, uh, this formula. So it's also an exercise for people from outside that would like to see your incomes, like uh, how much uh, how much money you get, and what you do with the excess you have? Because you see that you're non-profit, so you have this benefit. What are you going to make with this? And we need to explain. If we have it's not the case, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah uh, I think uh, it's, it's a very good exercise for ourselves as companies to to think inside but also for the
0: people yeah i I agree to have um like yearly evaluations between the people that work in the businesses and. The social market as a greater whole is so important. And again, that transparency, which we don't get in most businesses. We don't know where their money's going, we don't know uh, how ethical they are. Um, it reminds me of uh, B corporations. I know that they also have an evaluation that they do, um, and you can look online and see where they line up in different categories that's cool that you guys are doing that on a smaller scale and the fact that it's in um, various communities too so it's very localized um, and relevant to that community I need to figure out how to start one of those because <laughs> I think that needs to be everywhere in the world really those are the things that need to be highlighted
1: hmm. yeah, it makes you connect a lot with, uh, with other producers and because uh, when well, we were more involved, like a few years ago, we were really in the organization and we were in the all the meetings and every month. And, and it's a hard work, but it's really worth
0: Yeah. And it gives people a sense of hope. Like there is an alternative economy that we can buy into. We have a choice which one we want to use. So having that all in like a one-stop shop is so important.
1: And when you are a, a company, you also feel more supported. It's not its not that I'm crazy and I am all by myself here, doing this crazy thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to sell, save the world of myself. Like, We need to be more people. And you see that there's alternatives. And the same way I'm uh, really focused and passionate with uh, the fabrics and the clothes is someone else that is passionate with the technology and it's also a very dark world, uh, (laughs) the mobiles and all the stuff. And there's people working already in uh, alternatives from this and also people from the banks, your bank account, what is your bank doing with all the money that they're getting? Because there's uh, alternatives, it's people that is working in social that all the uh, excesses they are investing in social projects is not they don't need to invest in weapons or whatever things that other banks could be investing.
0: Exactly. I think it's so great to have that network amongst each other because I'm sure that people that go into the alternative economy, they feel like, oh is it worth it? How can I compete against these bigger corporations? But I think also, to yeah that just again sparks a change in perspective of people once they see okay there's this bank that's telling us their financial rapport and where their profits going to why are these other banks not doing it and the same thing for every business there's um this polarization that you can keep going back to um and so in addition to the social market, there are other ways um, that people can support transformative fashion um, and sustainable fashion in Spain. So, can you share what some of those places are, or if there's a map that people can go to?
1: There's a few networks of uh, like sustainable fashion. We are in uh, the Madrid. Um... Sustainable Fashion Association and they are making uh, many works to share and to um, promote the sustainable fashion more in the perspective of new producers. I think that is not as common uh, to see projects like ours that are more in the step of uh, slowing down and buying less. and But um, all the fashion revolution movements too in Spain has its uh, basis, the fashion revolution movement started in, in UK, but uh, each country has, not all, but uh, many, many countries have their own, uh, um, how do you say, uh, their base in each country, No, so uh, there you can find many resources and uh, many materials to be more sustainable and uh, to be like a more revolutionary or <laughs> how to be a fashion also revolutionary, which are very, very interesting materials for uh, teachers to share with uh, at schools or for um, individuals that want to make their own journey into sustainability which is uh, very interesting and what else yeah and there's the network from sustainable fashion spain that is also also working but it's more in this line i was talking about of uh, promoting uh, brands that are making new clothes out of a uh, more sustainable materials and taking care of the people that are making these uh clothing
0: so there's a map that people can find online to sh- uh, see what businesses um they can shop at that are ethical not like
1: there's a few directories i don't know how updated they are but uh, yeah uh, slow fashion next they made a, a directory a few years ago i think that we need more connection also we need uh, uh i i mean we i'm talking more about brands we are not uh in <laughs> that part but yeah i think uh sometimes it doesn't happen all the time but we are replying the a normal fashion businesses uh, model. So sometimes we are more in competition, not that that much in cooperation. And I think that's one of the um, challenges for the fashion, like the new model of fashion that we we would need to create, not replying what what (laughs) people that is not doing well are doing.
0: Yes, I I could go deep into that too. Just the, the idea of sustainable fashion too has become very much a buzzword and a marketing scheme. And it's like, well, then we're not really changing the fashion industry if we're just using it as another way to market to people. Um, so I would... Love to know how you envision a changed world. We talked about so many things that um, should be implemented in a more beautiful world, but I'd love to know what you think.
1: Yeah, that's a hard question because um, when I first think about this, like my first idea is, okay, we need to stop. We need to not produce any more with brand new materials so we give a rest to the world, and we will use all the materials that we already have, all these billions of clothes that are traveling around the world from one country to other. But then I stop for a while and say, okay, with the pandemic, when uh, everything stopped and all the factories in uh, Asia stopped, many people lost their jobs. They are not good jobs, but they are no alternative at this moment. I'm not saying that we need to keep the conditions, but we need to take care of these people. If we stop, we we need to make an, a um, way, we need to uh, think of what's going on with these people, because we somehow, I said we, but <laughs> we made these People leave their works they used to have to start working in a garment industry because in Bangladesh people would be living from fishing, for example. And when <laughs> we pollute all the rivers, they uh, have no fishes and they had jobs in the factories, they started to work there. So uh going back how do i imagine maybe we need to go step by step and start buying less and guaranteeing this uh no um yeah saying you will have your right and we need to um think about politics that need to be done in these countries to uh, <laughs> warranty people in good conditions. So you don't need to work 18 hours to make 300 pieces from which we will use 200 and then 100 will be thrown away. Maybe you need to make 200 first and then with these 200 we will see. Maybe we only need to make 100 and make it in better quality and. So you will have a better job, you will work less, and you will have better health. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the change needs to be in all the layers. Needs to be a change in, uh, of course, politicians and the politics we make. We can't uh, afford to allow to import. Uh, trousers that are made in a system that in Spain is forbidden, like uh, to um, uh, to dye uh, these clothes. They use a products that are forbidden in my country, but it's not forbidden to import these trousers that they are using these harmful uh, materials. So first we need to be um, consequent with, with the, the things that we forbid in our countries and ask to the countries that we are working with not to make these things that are forbidden in our countries. <laughs> so it has to be that layer, but also uh, in publicity, uh, we need other models, we, don't, we need to have a deck to make cool to be, being part of this movement, for example. So, we need also, uh, I think I'm mixing a little bit, but <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> we need uh, also to have different, like, uh, diversity in publicity. We don't need to see all these uh, white, skinny, uh, rich women. Being the model that we need to be. No, we are more people, different people. We need to see that also. In uh, buyers, we need to be able to, instead of spending three hours looking at this shirt that you really love, see that maybe you can spend three hours looking how this shirt has been done and. I mean, we also have responsibility. We can't uh, only put the responsibility in uh, in the top layer. Of course, they have theirs, and it's, uh, we need them to change. But if we don't change here, they would not change there. I think. Maybe
0: I'm not answering your question. I'm again in my <laughs> <laughs> sorry. You answered it perfectly with such passion and I think you touched on some really good points like we need to get to the root of these issues not just dismantle factories um, but giving people other options of places they can work or just making the work conditions better um, and then for um, the media creating this idea of perfectionism and that's also why people feel like they're lacking and that they need to keep up with um the fashion trends is because they're looking to this person they're idolizing someone that they see as perfection and we need to embrace the imperfection um and i i think yeah what to your last point We are the buyers So we have the most power We decide what industries We want to buy into And if we keep buying into An extractive and harmful one Then That's also what they're going to keep feeding us Um, So We Have a Much stronger power and voices Than we think And I think we really need to hone into that to envision a true changed world. Well, thank you so much for joining me and um, sharing all of the amazing work that you guys are doing at Altropo Lab. I really, really appreciate it. I've gotten so much inspiration from this talk.
1: Thank you very much, Ivoni, for giving us the, the chance to to be there also, in a way. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm on a mission to get these little-known solutions out to as many people as possible. So please help me by sharing, leaving a like, and a review. If you would like to stay in the loop about future episodes, please subscribe to the podcast or my newsletter at cooperativejournal.com. Because I didn't say save the world, I said change the world. Make it better than we find it.